podcast that discusses storytelling from all angles to help you and us answer the call when the muse screams, tell the damn story. We'll be exploring the challenges of being creative in fiction, illustration, comics, film, and nonfiction. Hey, Alex Simmons, what is going on? It's always a better day when we get to see Alex Simmons, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yes, and I feel the same way about you, Christopher Ryan. Hey, hey, hey. call him Chris, but now that he's moved up, you know, in, in the literary yeah. uh, arena, I have to call him Christopher. Yes, you know, yes. I've known yeah. you guys, I've known you for what, how many decades? Oh, brother. Um, I think we're working on three. No, uh, I think it's further than that. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was still going out with the glorious. Oh, uh, so it's thirty-seven. It's almost thirty-seven. Okay, so we're, we're working on four thirty-six decades. years. So four decades so. of friendship here. Yeah. Yo, yo, that's wow. Well that's, proven. That's scary. That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he stays in New Jersey. I'm here in the Bronx. <laughs> yeah, you know it's it's terrible to get at this age because we'll owe so many things. But you'll hear a song, and then you'll be like, ah, oh, man, that's a great song. And then it'll slowly dawn on you. That song's a half a century or more <laughs> old. And you're like, ah, oh, damn. You know? Well, if you want to go way back machine for a moment here. Uh, the Alex I, Simmons when, way back When machine. I was a wee toddler. No, not even toddler. Uh, uh, I think it was around five, five or six years old. And Mozart uh, was on the charts. Yeah, right. Noah was still, you know, <laughs> bailing water out of the boat. Um, I was taking singing lessons at a place called Star Time in lower huh? down in right. Man- Midtown Manhattan. And uh, there was a young kid who already had a recording contract. I don't think he was more than maybe two, three years older than me. <laughs> and the one go. song that he recorded, I could I kept hearing for years thereafter. Because it was a seasonal thing. And I, I think if I mention it now, I'm, I'd be surprised if any of our listeners knew the, knew the song, had ever heard it before. I'd be surprised if I knew it, but go okay. ahead. Mamacita, donde dos Santa Claus? Oh, where is Santa Claus? It's Christmas Eve. That song was played for easily 15, 20 years every Christmas season. Who was the artist? I have no idea. Oh, no. <laughs> I can see this kid in my head because we would cross paths. We would pass each other mm-hmm. in, you know, as we went from our, our different classes or lessons. In right. And I remember he was like, you know, just perky and just, you know, so energized. And I was still like, you know, this sort of thing. And he had a recording deal. You know, that one song, 20 years worth. Hey, God bless him. God bless him. And, you know, one so, hit wonder. Yeah. I, so you I talk about, you talk about when you hear that song and you think about it, and it was a lot further back than 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's, that's what you got to look forward to kids. Yeah, hey. that's right. Yeah. Just Every imagine some of the rap thing. tunes another 20 years from now you go i can't even talk like that no more <laughs> uh, every every single thing kids that you think is one earth shaking and two will change the world will eventually be used to sell cars <laughs> or washing machines or hamburgers. or deodorant <laughs> <laughs> hamburgers yes yeah i yeah. can't i can't watch tv now without half my childhood 
trying to sell me stuff. It yep. is, I it is what it is. Yeah, get off my lawn. So <laughs> speaking of selling, sir, what have you been up to? What have you been up to creatively well, and productively? Uh, the Christopher Ryan reboots are in full effect, my brother. Yeah, yeah. Um, a simple uh, rebellion is actually live and available as we speak on Amazon. And I am awaiting a box of paperbacks, uh, of the new paperbacks, brand new cover. That's um, right. About Fiery. 60% of it uh, is new material, even if it's like just a, the paragraph has changed somewhat. But, mm-hmm. you know, the opening is different. The middle is different. The end is different. So, hey, yo, um, it's going to it. It is what it's going to be for the rest of existence. That's so. I really feel a great weight off my uh, uh, shoulders for that. Genius high um, with in a few pages of being done with that. Uh, the person I hired to do the cover for um, a simple rebellion is also doing the cover for Genius High. I'm supposed to get a little glimpse of that today, so that is happening. Um, and then we're going to go, um, uh, the Mallory and Gunner, um, adventure that was, um, City of Woe is finished and waiting. That's going to be next. Um, it's going to be called, uh, um, Mallory and Gunner Infernal. And then Infernal. Yeah. And then the next one is going to be Mallory and Gunner Purge. And the last part will be Mallory and Gunner Presence. And then I have a series of shorts that will come out after those. So there'll be a whole... Will they be striped or polka dot? Um, it depends on the mood, bro. Uh, <laughs> that's my pull in. <laughs> Speaking of time machine, there yeah. you go. Um, so that's all coming out. Uh, the last part, Presence, is going to be new. No one's ever seen that before. So we've got three just about done the fourth one will be the goal is to get that done and out before the end of the year um i am submitting i I submitted something um friday and got an answer saturday morning oh geez wow okay it was a very quick re uh it was a very quick rejection and um i think what i can learn from that and share with every all the kiddies is uh do not submit on the last day, the final deadline day, because these guys have enough and they're like, nope, nope, nope. Oh, wow. I mean, maybe okay. the guy read it and God bless him. He was, it was a nice response and all the best to that person. But the speed with which it came back, uh, it came back with a sprained neck. It was <laughs> <laughs> whiplash. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it is what it is. Uh, and that's fine. Uh, there's, there's so many other places that that would fit. So we're going to just move. Uh, I have another story I'm going to try and get to after the giant game. Um, it's going to be a short one because there's an opening for uh, 2000 word stories that this would fit and we'll see where it goes back to genius high. And now this is where I've signed an NDA with myself. So ah, I can't say okay. a lot about this one. You can't talk about what you can't talk about because you won't let you. Okay. We gotcha. have three exciting projects coming for uh 2023 um and uh wait 
there. I just wanted to classify this with my mind. Um, now Alex can't talk about it because he got a glimpse of some of it. But luckily, I've classified it with my mind. Oh, so, God. That's um, like, like, was it uh, you've clouded your mind? Well, it was, it's, it's, it was more of a shot to a former president, but we'll leave that alone. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> who's been declassifying things with his mind. He just had to think it. Um, so, Amazing. Hey, I, I didn't sorry. think that was possible. But go well, ahead. I'm listening. <laughs> you know, remember when Fonzie jumped the shark? Yeah. Yep. I think that was the moment when this guy jumped his own personal shark. And it's just funny. It's sad, but funny. All right. No more politics, damn it, Alex Simmons. We're going to talk about film. Yes, and we're going to talk about film. Yes, this we is, are. Uh, this is the long-awaited second part of our um, uh, how to get into the movies. You know, yes. if you don't want to just buy a ticket and sit down, if you want to be involved, <laughs> if you want to make a movie, hey, kids, we're making movies. So, yes, uh, we are. Yes, we are. And it, uh, you know, it's, it's funny, too, because... Um, uh, Chris and I were talking about this m like months ago about what we wanted to do in terms of uh, discuss not only, you know, the, the creative end of, of coming up with ideas for films and books and comics and that sort of thing, but what is the practical journey that one goes on? Mm -hmm. And let's just say that we, 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 we portioned it out rather well, and, and now we just have to sort of wrangle it in. So, yeah. Forgive us for being a, a week late with this, but you know, here we go um, with the second part of this one, right? Yes. Okay. Right. And last episode, we talked about, all right, you get that in inspiration. Where can you go? What can you do? You know, mm -hmm. and, and we talked about all the stuff that was online and, you know, libraries and all get, that yeah right. you know there's books there's a, there's a million books back here on, on film and over here you wrote film. all of them yeah. uh, that's how far back it goes ladies and gentlemen <laughs> the famous sid field screen screenplay um that is both embraced and rejected these days but um how about it, screenwriter on screenwriters that's another right. one that's been, yeah another yeah. that you got um robert mcgee mm -hmm. um He's fascinating to read, and you probably can get his um, his seminar on uh, audio or Audible or something of like that. He's mm -hmm. fascinating to listen to as well. But there's a lot of that kind of stuff. There's a ton of YouTube. There's a ton of podcasts. You know, even if you want to listen to people talk about what they write or what they film, you learn a lot about. Oh that. yeah, the interviews are are spectacular. Uh, one of my favorites is is not. Um... A producer or director but it's an actor and it's edward james almost mm -hmm. being interviewed about his experiences being hired to uh, play the police lieutenant on miami vice which goes back a number of years in terms of television and and yeah it's it was a a crime show stylized crime show back in the in the 80s 90s but the process that he goes through as an actor and the things that happen on the set and the whole mindset about how you approach characters, that's all still universal and absolutely applicable. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So definitely any of these interviews you can catch are, are great. Um, <clears throat> I know we're kind of in the streaming era now. Um, but you can still go back to the Blu-rays and DVDs and just go to the features. Yeah. Um, or, or, you know, I learned so much 
watching um, dedicated uh, uh, director and screenwriter commentary. You know, um, Scorsese is fascinating. Coppola is, it, it's a masterclass to listen, yeah. you know. Yeah. Un unfortunately, someone like Joss Whedon, who has fallen from grace, but I couldn't wait to hear his commentary. And they were always goofy and insider baseball. And he would never take him, the craft serious for us. You know, he would never give away the trade secrets, which was uh, really frustrating. But there's a lot you can get. Depends on your genre, mm -hmm. you know, but uh, always worth looking. Now, we want to go beyond. Um, films or books and, and start talking about education. And I think we talked a little bit last time about, uh, and you had to correct me on the phrase of it. I thought it was called open coursework, uh, which is most colleges will let you, uh, especially, you know, it's, uh, the course has to be online, mm -hmm. but will... <laughs> offer many of their courses for anybody you know you'd go to their website and it, there's a section that's called the open courseware or something like that um you can sit and watch screenwriting classes directing like, classes like auditing yeah yeah you could audit the classes yeah. uh without attending the school so right. you know you could uh, if you were uh, inspired enough you could study in uh ucla from your home you know columbia nyu right. British school you know right. and on and on so it's uh it's worth mentioning a second time uh especially if you're thinking about going to school well now now you can taste the school you can see if you feel comfortable with the classes before you even apply that's that's fascinating yeah you know, you know it, it it is it's almost like you know meeting somebody new for coffee just to see if you actually want to start going out on dates with them i um, uh, i would know i'm not you know yeah you, a you, swinger you did it <laughs> you did it long not that long ago i mean it's been some years yes but you know come on yeah you, you haven't completely forgotten what it was like right. i remember the stories you used to tell but we're not going to go into yeah. those right now it was like uh oh um hi oh i'm so shy all right yeah yeah behave <laughs> all right no, back I was to gonna film say, i was gonna say that um it's it's a good way to sort of get a a sampling but I also want to be very clear that there's a lot of factors involved. And, and as a person who's been on both sides of that, um, you know, I was a, a, this is before, you know, we had computers and things like that where you could do this. When, when I wanted to be a filmmaker, we would hang around anybody who was making films, yeah, anybody, yes. anybody you could find, you know, and I was fortunate enough when I was 18 to get a job working at the CBS Broadcast Center here in New York City. So I had a job, basically it was a clerical job, but it was connected to air control. So some of the guys on air control knew who I was and that Explain gave me- Explain sort of air control for Air everybody. control. Well, uh, you know, believe it or not, <laughs> although it may not seem like it, what goes out over the airways is orchestrated. Yes. There are, there are actually people who plan this stuff out 
you know, right down to the commercial breaks and everything. Now, if you watch YouTube, you get the feeling, no, that's it's chaos all the time because the commercials and PSAs will break right into the middle of somebody's dialogue. But mm-hmm. in terms of old time television, you know, and, and probably what's still con- considered regular TV and some of the streaming services, there's there's the plotting and planning of all the programming for a given day, week, whatever. And then there's the plotting and planning of all the station breaks or any commercial breaks or anything within that. And it's all mapped out in, in, in those days on paper. As so well. as a kid, what did you have to do? Well, I was, see, now I didn't want to go into all that, but I'll just say quickly. One minute. I was what was called a day of air clerk or logging clerk, which meant I received a log, a manual of paper, it was 11 by 17 paper printed for the entire programming for an eight hour period. And my job was to watch the programming and in particular, note the time and the quality of any commercial breaks, station breaks, announcements of any kind because they'd been scheduled and many of them had been paid for. And if there was any kind of a glitch or a problem, then that meant that we had to make up for that to the client. So I would keep a log. And so I, basically I was paid to watch television for eight hours a day yeah, and that's not bad. On, on a swing schedule. So it was not like Monday through Friday, nine to five. It was, you know, some days it was eight to four. One day it was midnight to eight. Another one, it was 12 to seven. You know, it was very, very crazy. But the bottom line was, on my downtime, I could walk the broadcast center. And they produced a number of things from that broadcast center, which was something like three blocks, you know, wide and long and all that. New York City blocks. Yeah, right. So I got to see TV shows, the news, uh, special events. I got to meet or at least see in action a number of celebrities at that time. And a lot of the tech, you know, the guys behind the camera, the directors, the, the cameramen, all of these were people you could talk to. So that was how I was absorbing a lot of my information at that time, because I could not afford to go off to a major college and and a, a scholarship was not an, an offer. Right. What I was now, going, you, I, would, I wanted to ask two follow up uh, okay, questions. Follow-up about questions that when you're ready. I'll put a, a button on what I was going to say. Yes, go ahead. OK, then I'll save the button one uh, from doing your actual job watching, you know, and all that stuff, I would assume you got to learn a lot just from the pure amount of time you were watching shows, you know, formatting, you start seeing patterns, you start seeing the shots that people set up, Mm -hmm. right? So that's one thing. Especially the point to people, you, you can always be learning, always be learning right by what you're watching and how it's being done and all that stuff secondly you got to meet some people that were not famous at that time that became famous yep 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 matter of fact one of them was was uh christopher reeves Christopher Reeves, wow. Yeah, yeah. Before was, the big red S. He was literally it was a year before he got the role on Superman. He was an, an actor in one of the soap operas. So he was slender. He was tall. He was always a tall dude, but he was a slender guy. Very amiable, you know, nice guy. Just, you know, just a couple of words. I mean, it wasn't like we were buds or anything like that. But, you you know, you got to see these personalities. And then, like I said, it was about a year or so after I first ran across him that we heard that he got the, the deal with Superman, to play Superman. And so he was going to, you know, exercise and everything. 
So yeah, <laughs> you get to meet. I got to meet Bill Cosby. I got to meet Morgan Fairchild. I got to meet a number of singers and performers. Shatner. You know, yeah. Over over a period of time, as well as news commentators and others, Carol Burnett. You know, these were people that I got to meet. And when you were lucky, and and one is not always lucky. And this going back to what we were talking about. When you are lucky, if you are polite, civil, respectful, okay, and not, not act a fool, as my grandmother would, would phrase it, mm-hmm. when you meet these people, if they're cool, they'll talk to you. And you can ask questions. I had wonderful opportunities to get little sound bites of insight about acting, directing, and, and that sort of thing, or just the experience of going after that, trying to become such and such from some of these people because they were willing to talk like human beings. Now that is the lesson or the teachable moment that I wanted to share that, you know, approach the right way, be doing your job. Don't bug, but you can still learn. That's, that's just all of it's learning. Mm -hmm. What I'd like to do is request from you and maybe we can get some of our viewers to second this emotion. (laughs) <laughs> I'd love to down the line do an all Alex Simmons time machine episode about the people you met and anecdotes and how they were and who they were and all that stuff just for the fun of it. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm, so I'm down anybody out there days. who would love to hear, you know, tales of the Alex Simmons time machine adventures, yeah. Yeah. that would be great. But yeah. we've gotten a couple of things, you know, uh, you had a job where you had to watch a lot of television. You learned a lot from watching. And That's two, right. exposure, being there in any form at all. Yeah. You know, uh, early on in my career, I would have to take meetings with um, at the Writers Guild or the Directors Guild. And there was never a time that I didn't walk in or walk out and cross cross paths with somebody i remember coming out of a dizzying um, meeting at the director's guild and i was standing right outside on the curb trying to figure out whether the person i just spoke to was insane or just (laughs) hollywood you know and a, a person stepped right next to me i looked up it was bill murray and he goes How's it going in there? <laughs> and I was like, ah. I said, sometimes you come out of a meeting and you say, was that guy crazy? He started laughing. Yeah. And then some fans screamed out, yo, Bill Murray. And then he just became Bill Murray. And that was the end of that. Yeah. But, you know, access and agency is stuff that starts at the very lowest levels. You, you shouldn't think that, all right, my first step will be to accept the Academy Award. <laughs> right? You know, you're, you know <laughs> get the full experience. Let's go make the coffee, you know, deliver yeah. the mail, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. And, yeah. and we'll talk about that down the line uh, with right. uh, a guest. Let's, let's, let's talk about school. Yeah, let's, let's talk right, about let's, school. Let's so there, there are, uh, you know, there are schools. And it depends on where you are in the world, obviously, as to what you have access to. Uh, obviously, there are universities and, and colleges that you can go to to study filmmaking or to study theater. 
And, you know, whatever the, the bill is for that, whatever the amount, you know, whether you can get a scholarship or you're going to come straight out of, you know, your parents' pocket or family people's pockets, or whether you're going to be like some people and work your way through, you know, have yeah. some sort of a part-time job or full-time job and then take the night courses, whatever it is, there's yeah. something to be learned. One of the things I will say about going to school to learn from teachers, the, the most polite way I can put it is, as you do this, try and make sure that you're going to be learning from people who are sharing the skill sets and the craftsmanship that's involved in whatever you're pursuing and not trying to clone you into another version of themselves. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that's going to take away from your developing your artistry, right? You may not know what your voice is as a writer at this point. You may not be clear what themes you want to explore or what genre is your favorite. That's for you to find out. So you can explore, you know, as many as possible and get a feeling. But the worst possible thing is to, is to study with, with people who are bound and determined to chisel in you or out of you another version of themselves. Right. So when you're in class, I just I'll just throw this in mm-hmm. there. If you're in class and you're with someone like that, understand, yeah, you can still learn some things from them, but it is not on you to become them. Yeah. So you were gonna say, Chris. Well, there's a couple of things. Um the the best thing of being interested in this topic in 2022 is there is more information available for every school. Mm than ever right and uh this is where i'm going to go back into my senior high school teacher mode you know and do your research if you're in high school talk to your guidance counselor and if they say uh you know if they poo poo your idea of going into film school or this or that which most of them don't anymore um then talk to another one yeah Look right at, exactly go go to another guidance that that is cooler you know by this time you know who they are um and and research what you can do and what grants are out there and what scholarships are out there um one of the things i used to tell the seniors all the time is that colleges are a business and they need customers they need you they can't function if the campus is empty. Right. They, they love to say, oh, well, you know, we get so many applications. But at the same time, they need not only do they need a certain number to fill up their freshman year because seniors, the whole senior class is leaving and not giving them money anymore, right? They need a new group every year. They also... You can no longer get away with being all male, all white, all whatever grouping people used to uh, use to exclude others. You can't get away with that anymore. So you can find scholarships for every group, for every culture, for every nationality, for every persuasion that you may be, uh, uh, you may have, whether it's um, identity or gender identity, or or sexual, or religious, there are so many scholarships and grants out there. 
also can do like works. There's ways, there's work study, mm -hmm. there's mm -hmm. all that. So, so if you have the fi fire, then go and look. There's, you know, again, technology has so sped up. But you can make a pretty quality film just on one of these. And colleges know it. And colleges are becoming more flexible and more um, uh, fluid in, in how they present their classes and what is acceptable as study. You by, know, by the way, I just want to jump in here because I know uh, we've used the phrase high school several times and we've talked um, spe almost specifically as if we're talking only to. Oh, definitely teenagers. not. But no, we're not. We're, you know, this is this is all inclusive age wise and, and, no. and, and other things. If you're 30 or 35 or 40 or whatever and want to go to school, you're going to yeah. go through these same things. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. why not know that these scholarships and stuff are out there? But at this point, you can get, if you do your research, you can get a really great foundational education in, in what you want to be uh, your career at the community college level, at the state college level, and then you can go up from there. Yes, we know UCLA, Columbia, NYU are considered the pinnacle, but there are so many working professionals out there who went to community college or state college or, you know, went to an exclusive film school. Yeah. You know, Kevin Smith didn't even finish. He did like one year, felt he knew what he needed to know had a guy who knew how to do the production end of it. You know, he's that's since the nineties, he has exploited the idea of his limitations right. to but, a great career. Right. There's a way, million ways in. That's true. And, and, and also I would be remiss or we would be remiss to say that, you know, for every one Kevin Smith, there's 116 people who can't do it that way. So, you know, be flexible enough to understand that if that's not your strong suit, then find the path that is. And, and um, that's I've, the trick, finding yeah, out and I've, what I've, you really want to do. Right. You know? I've had a number of students, and you were talking about um, alternatives. Um, I teach uh, screenwriting at the New York Film Academy, mm -hmm. and there have been a number of students over the years that I've encountered who have, you know, come in at different levels of skill set or, or even interest in terms of screenwriting. And some of them, you know, realized at a certain point they enjoyed editing or they enjoyed the cinematography right. or they enjoyed exactly. the directing. And they said, oh, but, you know, I, I, I didn't mean to waste your time. I said, no, you didn't waste my time at all. Absolutely. Because what you've learned here, you're still going to be able to apply. And part of the whole schooling experience is to help you get in touch with what is your voice? What is your passion? What is your interest? Where does your skills, uh, where, where does your skill set really work best for you? Yeah. And so that's what you need to consider. Consider the schooling experience, not just to learn the technological aspects of it or some of the theories of it, but also to explore yourself as a creative mm -hmm. and try and get a handle on where you want to aim your trajectory so that you can get the most out of the material that you're learning at that time. I, mean, uh, I was just yeah. going to mention, um, what was it, uh, just quickly, um, that was I think her name is Issa Ray uh, was the woman who she was a graduate of, of uh, New York Film Academy NIFA as we like to recall it call it uh, and she was the creator of um, the streaming series uh, Insecure 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's a guy named um, uh, hang on here. Yeah, Bill Bill Hader or Hatter H A D Hader Hader Bill Hader right? Who plays uh, Barry? Yeah, yeah and right. he was on Saturday Night Live, and he's right. done a, yeah. yeah. So you know there there are people who have found. Did he have anything to do with Knifer? Yeah, yeah, he was a he's a graduate. Of oh, look at that! Yep, yep. Um, and there's somebody from Parks and Recreation, and you know mm-hmm. there's been uh people. There's someone who's just was part of the special effects team for um Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. So you know it's it's like you can come in there wide eyed and 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 thrilled and 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 just hungry to learn. Or you could come in there with a fixed focus and then suddenly discover, oh, but this is cool too. So yeah. again, try and be prepared to discover. It's so brilliant. I, I, 100%. I want to give one more anecdote. Sure. Uh, years and years ago, I was a reporter in the Bronx. That's, uh, uh, you know me back All then. country. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so there was a, a film that was... Uh, uh, shooting in the Bronx, nighttime scenes, um, and all four of the uh, young actors wound up blowing up. But, you know, you don't know that when you're filming it. So uh, I couldn't talk to them and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I got to talk to the director who's had gone on had a good career. And he said all of the standard director stuff, God bless him. But the woman who was shepherding me around was younger than me. She was about, I was maybe 26, 27. She was like 24 and headset on with a clipboard, the whole cliche mm-hmm. and um, very efficient. And she answered me a bunch of stuff and I said, well, how do you get in? She says, you get in any way you want or any way you can. I got in as an assistant to an assistant to an assistant. And I was basically getting, buying snacks and um, running to the post office. And I built up to, and now I am the assistant produced the second in charge of this set here. And I could speak to you for 38 more seconds. (laughs) And I said, well, then what do you do? She goes, and then you work your ass off and you do everything right. You know, just keep going and be as as efficient and useful as possible. And I then I asked her a stupid question because human. I said, so from here to directing? And she said, hell no. <laughs> this is this. I found what I was put on this planet to do. This is the most exciting thing I've ever done. I don't know what she went on to. But the, the clarity in her eyes and the, and the emotion in her voice. And then she was off and calling set and getting everyone and yep. the actors set up and the lighting. Um, and then it would shut up and the director would do whatever he was going to do. And that, you know, that's what got her up leaping out of bed in the morning. You can find something like that. And it can start in mm-hmm. Alex's class, ladies and gentlemen. Well, it's funny you should say that because one of my students, a screenwriting student, who's actually very good, um, but I just over the past couple of months, he's discovered his passion, his real passion is photography, is cinematography. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, you know, I'm sure this is the situation in a number of schools. Uh, the class, the group, you know, as they work on their different projects, they also crew 
the project. Right. Right. So one person gets to be the director and the others get to do all the other jobs. So he had the opportunity to be the camera person on one of the shoots. And it was a long shoot, but it was, you know, just two characters and there's a lot of intimate shots, you know, tight shots on the face, you know, t- dialogue shots where you're really starting to, trying to convey a lot of information visually. And he found himself just totally getting into it, loving the layouts and the composition, the framing, all of that. And he's been like that for the past couple of weeks now. He's just eager to shoot more film. And yes, he's still writing. He's still doing his assignments, his writing assignments. But his passion, obviously, is the camera. And that's great. That's great. Because again, it's going to help him either way. If he winds up directing, he's still going to have a love for the camera. He winds up doing cinematography. He's still going to understand the process of writing a script, understanding storytelling, and so forth. So there's there's any number of things that you can learn as, as almost sort of sidebar information that's going to still help you with your mainstream goal. So, so far we've said open coursework, do your research from community colleges, uh, state colleges, private colleges, specialty schools such as NYFRA. And by the way, you were talking to me about um, they got their certification. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can, you can let's talk about that. Well, (laughs) Yeah, um, New York Film Academy, which has bases, uh, bases, camps, you know, campuses in several uh, localities, uh, New York, Los Angeles, Miami, and a few other locations, um, you can uh, now obtain uh, your, your Bachelor of Fine Arts degree. There. Mm-hmm. Now, they, they became accredited uh, just a couple of years ago. So, yeah. So, you can go the, from a single course or a yeah. 12-week course or yeah. a degree. Right. Three-year I, degree. Yeah. Again, this is... Again, it gives the student, the potential student, power, you know. Um, And economically, too, because if you can't afford to be there for a year or two years or three years, you can come in there for four weeks or eight weeks or 12 Mm -hmm. weeks to to get at least a taste, to get some information, to get some hands-on experience. And again, I don't want to sound like I'm just doing commercials for NYFA. I'm sure that there are certain other facilities or schools that will give you a similar experience. But again, you want to make sure that you're getting your hand deep into the thing that, that, that you want to explore and right. you want to learn for, you know, about, learn as much as you can. Word of caution? Yes. Do your research before you sign up. NIFA is, uh, you know, it's proven itself. Um, I remember taking um, a screenwriting course. Uh, I learned a lot. And then the second level learned a lot. And uh, my screenplay was chosen to be developed by this, uh, the person who, was, who owned this course company or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, and was uh, self-labeled a producer in Hollywood. And uh, it was, he had three that he was developing. One he was talking to Schwarzenegger about. Schwarzenegger never made the film he was telling me about, but um, I had 15 meetings with this guy. And he would always say, he would end the meeting, so it needs more work and we'll meet in a month. And uh, every single time I said, well, what do you see as the problem? And he would say, well, I I don't want to write your script for you. 
That's the same thing he would say each time? Each time. So the 15th time, it, you know, God bless me. I had a lot of faith. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right? For the 15th time, I said, listen, it's no longer professional. Either you have areas you want me to work on or specific editorial feedback, or this is nonsense and uh, I can't work with you anymore. And he said, you know, he was, he was mad at me. He said, you're going to blow this chance? I said, I think you're blowing the chance. If you really think that this, this screenplay has something and you won't guide it to where you think you can sell it, you're wasting both our time. And he yelled at a waiter and I left. <laughs> so, I mean, these are uh, approximations. Uh, I'm not yeah. giving you direct quotes 30 either, years down either the line. Either side but... of the fence, you know, is an experience and one would prefer to get the beneficial side. Yeah, I got you. But just, yeah. you know, do your research. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, and, see and, who and, else and, knows about it and, and before you dive in and give people your money. Yeah, and, and again, understand... Again, your money, somebody's money, you know, whoever's paying for it is that you are paying for it. You are paying for it. So, you know, advocate for yourself. Don't waste your time and money. Don't waste anybody else's time or money. Just get in there and learn everything you can. Get the max out of it that you can. Ask questions. If something's not feeling right, advocate for yourself. Again, I'm going to say that a few times for various reasons. And really know that it's still the beginning of a journey. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, the schooling is the moment you come out of there, you might have a, uh, a Robert Rodriguez experience, you know, where, where you, you go and you, you create an independent film and on a budget of a shoestring and some bubble gum. And then, you know, within a year or two, Hollywood hears it, sees it, whatever. And you wind up with some sort of backing to do it on a, on a larger scale. Um, so that may happen, but again, for every one of those, there's 116 that 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 isn't the path that worked out for them. Um, and that is being very nice. At right. Even the yeah. number just 116. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that number. Uh, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas met at UC, was it UCLA? Uh, mm -hmm. Was it right? You know, both of them were film students at the time. They weren't superstar directors, producers or anything like that. And uh, as I remember, right. Uh, they were Lucas, nerds. Yeah. Lucas was screening <laughs> his college thesis film. THX 118. Right. Spielberg got to see it. And I don't know if any of you have ever seen that version, but eventually that got his Hollywood version made with uh, Robert Duvall right. uh, in the lead. Right. Mm -hmm. So again, you can look at different scenarios of how it worked for some people, but for the larger number, it is work. It is a journey. Um, just like the creative arts itself, it's a process. Mm -hmm. And you want to. You want to try and keep open to the reality that each step you take forward is advancing you. Right. Even, even if you change direction, when you start to discover, oh, yeah, I, I do prefer cinematography to this or, or writing to that, whatever it is, it's still a growth. It's still a positive. And just you know, keep working on it and keep trying to build on that and see where it takes you. Yeah. And the idea is that passion and commitment will open the doors that you may not have money for or you may not have connections for you know uh, it's that uh, drive to be involved you know mm -hmm. um I, I 
keep attributing this to uh, Jerry Seinfeld, but it may not be him. But he says he remembers, I, we'll, we'll say 60% it's him. Uh, he remembers not being good. You know, he didn't care. He just wanted to be in that room. Mm. He wanted to be with those guys, mm. you know. And there are so many that people that we've met just wanted to be in that world, in that arena. And then they found their place and then they, uh, they exerted their passion and, and got where they, you know, mm. where they were supposed to be. And, and some of the best of them have remembered those, those times and that journey and have turned around and offered, you know, a, a guidepost, a light in the dark, a hand up to those coming up behind them. Yeah. You know. go on go on youtube and look up uh chad bozeman denzel washington and you listen mm. to that speech yeah there's no black panther without denzel washington yeah because denzel not knowing chadwick at all someone mentioned that this is a kid who's got a lot of talent and doesn't have the money denzel wrote the check yeah, this is years years ago yes, this is years, years, years ago, ago. Yeah. yeah but things like that happen you know, I know a family member whose uh, father split and he wasn't be able, to, he was not going to be able to finish the high school he was in. It was Cardinal, no, I forget which one it was, uh, but it was uh, a Catholic high school. And um, the principal priest or principal brother, whatever he was, brought him down and says, all right, here are the things that you're going to do. And he gave him uh, a a study schedule and he gave him a job you know and he says and you're not going to get paid for that job that's gonna that's gonna, be that's your gonna pay your tuition for yeah and he knew he wasn't making enough money to pay that tuition but it was something he saw the someone saw something in what he was doing and helped him through that you know being the very best you can be gets noticed you know? you know, it's funny you should mention that. I, and again, I know sometimes, folks, we digress for a moment, but this is also um, these, this is the flavor these, you come yeah, for, ladies yeah, and, and gentlemen. And, and consider <laughs> that also this is this is the the thing you don't hear in the news enough is that people can make it. Um, about five six years ago, there was a story in the news about a young man who was a, t- a teenager in in his last year of high school, last few months of high school, still taking the exam and was applying to colleges. And his mom had a boyfriend and the boyfriend and the boy didn't get along. And as a matter of fact, the boyfriend was a bit of a pill and mom sided with the boyfriend and kicked the, her, her own son to the curb <sighs> with just a few months left to high school, right? And the kid was you know, being interviewed and some people were saying, look, we, we knew what he was going through and he could have, and this is true, he could have. He could have said, okay, screw it uh life sucks nobody's fair i don't mm. need to try and, and and go for what's right anymore i'm going to do what the streets you know are dictating blah 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 he could have done that he could have gotten into drugs he could have done could have gone down so many negative pathways what he said to himself was i've been applying to colleges i'm going to figure out a way to just survive the next few months until i see if any of them accepted me mm-hmm. and if one of them accepted me that's where I'm going to go. And so for several months, he slept on couches at friends' places or uh, did his homework and riding back and forth on the subway trains, 
all of that stuff, get little meals here and there. He did everything he could to survive for those three months. College upstate New York said, you got a full ride. He was gone. Okay. So part of it is also not letting, you know, the hard knocks in life take you down permanently. Mm-hmm. So if you have, if you have a dream, you have a passion and the rest of the world just can't see it, then see it for yourself. Yeah. Okay. So there so we go. That's it for today. Uh, again, as Chris was, was ticking off the, the list, you know, we've talked about the different, different levels by which you can seek an education and instruction in filmmaking and the creative arts and so forth. And it can be from anything that's established through the state, the city, or private sectors, which is fine. Also, again, YouTube and other streaming services have all kinds of videos and things that you can watch and get bits and pieces there. Follow your passion, please. Be open to learning because you don't know it all. You know, none of us do. And, uh, you know, again, advocate for yourself when you get into one of these these, these sort of establishments or institutions. Uh, advocate for yourself so that you get the maximum benefits for, that you deserve uh, while in that experience. And I imagine what we'll try and do somewhere along the line, we'll try and uh, have a few people in here for interviews and things to sort of let them share their experience. We already had one gentleman a few months back, uh, Breck Cuddy. Uh, Brett, yes, Brett Cuddy, who was a, a film student who went on to make his own film uh, as a thesis film, which mm-hmm. was very ambitious and worked out very well. And the last time we spoke to him, he was uh, working in an assistant, assistant, assistant's position uh, while taking some more classes in Los Angeles. Right. So we'll have to check back in with him and see how that would be great to hear and yeah. talk to him again. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there are some other things that uh, we have lined up. So if you're interested in uh how this works you know how they make films how you can make films stay tuned that's right stay tuned be here next week aloha okay take care chris in the meantime keep working on telling your damn story all right brother peace peace
That's the end of part one of our episode, Dave LaRosa's Hard Road to Making Indie Films. Stay tuned for part two.